I joined the gang at a very young age, between the age of 12 and 13. I had a rough life. You know, Chicago was a hard place to grow up. Um, unfortunately, I took that route. Um, years have passed, and I pretty much mastered the craft, so to speak, of the streets. Give my life to, I consider them like a family to me. And come to find out, they stabbed me in the back and set me up to get me killed. Hey, wait a minute, something is not right. And I had a weird feeling in my gut about this guy. All of a sudden, I, I looked up and the guy looked at me with a smirk. And he just kind of like an uh, evil grin, like, I got you. It was just like, a, mm, it was so evil. But I just remember everything moving in slow motion and I fell back. This kind of darkness is not a darkness that's here on earth. Um, this darkness is alive. So as I'm falling, I knew this was hell. And then I heard the screams of the people. And the first thing I noticed were these demons, things. They're the most grotesque, smelliest. Hollywood can't even get close to how these things look. Um, they're so deformed. They had a uh, reptilian look, reptile look to them. And their eyes were glowing yellow. Some of them eyes were red. Some of them were like 13 feet tall. Some of them were this big. Hi, welcome to Touching the Afterlife. I'm excited to have Dominic with us today. Dominic has a powerful testimony. He grew up in Chicago on the streets in a gang. He was shot twice. He was taken out of his body and went to hell. His wife actually reached out to me and announced to him so that he can share his powerful testimony. And he's bravely here today to do so. And so I'm thankful to have you hear this powerful testimony. Welcome with me today, Dominic. Hi, Dominic. Hello. Hi. How are you? Thank you for having me today. Oh, really appreciate it. Yes, I'm so thankful that you came on here to share. And so I know this is your first time sharing, correct? Yes, publicly uh, on, on a digital platform, yes. Okay. Yes, it is. So, Dominic, why don't you begin and start where you want to start? I'm originally from Chicago, Illinois, like you stated at the beginning. Um, you know, I, I joined the gang at a very young age, between the age of 12 and 13. I had a rough life. You know, Chicago was a hard place to grow up. Um, my father wasn't around, unfortunately, so the streets became my father. Um, and, you know, growing up like that, you have so many different influences, you don't know what's right. You think everything someone's older than you that you look up to is right. So I thought, you know, the gang life, the gang culture, having money, uh, everything was a righteous way to live because that's all this program to us in our community. Um, unfortunately, I took that route. Um, years have passed, and I pretty much mastered the craft, so to speak, of the streets. And uh, after a while, I just became hardened. Um, I became a hardened person, you know. Um, but there was something always in my mind here and there, you know, like the Holy Spirit was kind of whispered things in my ear, certain places, certain things that would tell me I shouldn't be at places. But, you know, we don't listen as humans. You know, we want to uh, please our flesh first. And that's what ended up happening. I uh, dedicated more of my life to the streets, more into uh, just getting money and just being selfish. And um, years have passed, and I put a lot of trust into my family, which uh, my former gang, I don't want to name the actual organization, but the street organization that I did uh, give my life to. I considered them like a family to me. And come to find out, they stabbed me in the back and set me up to get me killed. Um, you know, and uh, it, it, was, it was pretty hurtful. It's still, you know, to this day, you know, I, I'm getting my trust back thanks to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I had a lot of trust issues because of that, but the Lord has, you know, redeemed me from those trust issues and I'm getting better and better and trusting people again. But um, just to go on further to say is that um, around, it was like 2009 and on so forth that my life really started to change. Uh, I just started noticing a difference uh, around the people I was hanging around. And one day uh, we noticed this guy was really just following 
following us. And Chicago was pretty big um, in the uptown area, especially uh, just in a district alone. It's like, like 500,000 people just within that district. So just to see, you know, I kept seeing this guy and to run to a person three times in an hour, that's, that's kind of impossible at home unless someone is following me. So I told my friend, I looked, I said, hey, this guy is following me. You know, and my guy, oh, you're paranoid. Nobody's thinking about you. You're not big time like that. So I was like, okay. But the second time I saw him, I said, hey, wait a minute. Something is not right. And I had a weird feeling in my gut about this guy. You know, um, so I guess I went past and I, I just brushed it off. But I was coming outside my building and I saw him again. I said, okay, I'm going to go up to this guy and ask him where I know him from. And as I approached him, he said, hey, do you have a light, a lighter? Uh, so as I was digging my pocket, I was going to say, sir. But then all of a sudden, I saw a green flash. It was a bright green flash, and I smelled sulfur. It smelled like burning matches. That's what I remember distinctively, that the smell of like matches if you would set a matchbook on fire. Um, all of a sudden, I, I looked up, and the guy looked at me with a smirk, and he just kind of like an uh, evil grin, like, I got you. It was just like, a, mm, it was so evil, but I just remember everything moving in slow motion, and I fell back. Uh, when I fell backwards, this is where the supernatural part started. This is when my life changed. Um, when I fell backwards, Everything went blank, dark. But this kind of darkness is not a darkness that's here on earth. Um, this darkness is alive. It's a gripping darkness. I mean, it, it was so dark, like I was saying, that you can blindfold yourself, put yourself under the ground, blindfold yourself again, and it still doesn't compare to this type of darkness. It's a spiritual component to the darkness that I was in. But the weirdest part was when I fell backwards, I started instantly falling forward. I was falling down face forward as I fell backwards. That was the weirdest part. That's the spiritual aspect of it. But as I'm falling, mm -hmm. I don't even know how to measure it. You know, they say the speed of light is 186,000 miles per second. That was faster than that. It was, uh, it was just going. But the further I'm going down, just falling and falling, falling, the more and more I felt like I was getting stripped of everything. I knew I was getting stripped of the things that God gave me that I took for granted, like hope, love, uh, you know, fellowship, patience, everything. The further I was falling down, fast. Everything was getting stripped from me, and I was getting more and more afraid. But this is a different type of fear. It's not a fear like here on earth. It's a different fear that, that uh, you have to experience. Like the Lord says, you know, there's a difference between reading and talking, but experience. But uh, there's no other way. I'm going to try to get close as I can to explain this. Because there's a lot of things spiritually that can't be put on this, in words here on this earth, in this dimension, so to speak. But as I'm falling and I'm falling, I'm feeling more and more frightening. I started hearing the first thing I noticed was laughter around me. As I'm falling, it was like the, this laughter, and it was like these giggling little, like, like a, like a, but the laugh itself, they were laughing. I felt it. It was a different type of laugh. It was a demonic hatred. Like, I just knew whatever was laughing at me hated me, hated me more than, like, with anything you can even describe. But as I'm falling, I hear this laughter. The second thing that caught my attention was this horrible smell. See, people don't realize when you leave the physical body, you still have your five senses. You still you still have them, but the thing is they're upgraded, they're modified. They're very more modified. I mean, times a million. Your sight, your hearing, your vision, your touch, everything, is, you still have those things. So this is not a fairy tale where people, you know, uh, been taught that when you die, you just pass away. Everything's completely different. Yeah, it is different, but your senses are highly modified. But I smelled the smell, and, and the smell... Uh, I can even just talking about it right now. So I'm sorry if I pause a little bit because this uh, a lot of this comes back to me and I still get a little emotional. But um, the smell alone is so bad. Like, I can't even describe it. There's nothing you can you can have a, a thousand corpses and 
and, and dead animals and whatever you want to put into the mush, it smells like Febreze compared to what I smell uh, mm-hmm. in hell, the way it smells. So as I'm falling, falling, then I notice a little light. And it was so small, it was a pinpoint of light. And I heard, and as I'm falling, it's getting bigger and bigger. And then that's when it hit me. I knew. And I thought it was a fairy tale. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I just thought hell was a, a fairy tale. I thought it was a place of fantasy. I thought it was a scare tactic used by religions. Um, I knew. I said, I'm going to hell. See, time doesn't exist over in eternity the way it exists here. So all the time that I'm falling, people say, how would you have time? Time doesn't exist the way you, you can't even fathom it. Eternity stop, it has no time. So as I'm falling, I knew this was hell. And then I heard the screams of the people. Uh, yeah, the screams and the yells of the while as I'm falling in this portal, may I call it the portal, was getting bigger. You can just hear, and I knew it had to be billions, hundreds of millions of billions of people down there. I mean, screaming, and then their screams are gut wrenching. The same way I heard those demonic laughs, I can feel it in my gut and feel it in my soul. Those screams were worst because it was suffering, it was blasphemous things being yelled. Uh, it, it was just, just horrible you know people begging for one more chance i mean the thing is when you're in the spirit you can you can hear a thousand noises at one time but you can decipher and know each one whether they plan simultaneously or not you can distinctively know and hear everything you know like i say, it's hard to explain but that's the closest i can get to it but as i fall and i see this portal it looks like old um cave like I'm, i'm entering an old cave system okay and uh, and then that's when i felt the heat See, uh, now I'm looking back on it. It probably already was hot when I got closer to it, but I was so shocked and so terrified by everything else. I didn't pay attention to the heat until I actually got into the first portion of the portal. And then that's when the heat hit me on top of everything. It was just a bombarded of everything. And, you know, here on Earth, in our physical bodies, um, we feel things separately, meaning like, you know, our nervous system. So if you get poked, in your back, you get punched or something like that. You can you can feel it just kind of in that spot. But no, there you feel it all simultaneously at one time. Pain, everything. It, it grip it's your whole body because you now I'm learning I was in my spirit body. I'm so used to being in my I was so used to being in my physical body, it didn't make any sense to me. But when I felt this heat, it's a different fabric. It's a different, it's a different fabric of heat. It's not like how you burn your finger here. It's a spiritual component to it because it's uh it is very, it's a different type of hot. I don't even, you know, uh, I'm trying my best to describe the heat, but the heat is so, it's beyond, it's beyond. I mean, just say if I wanted to put it on a temperature scale, I would say 12,000 degrees and up. And nothing, nothing physical here, especially in the flesh, could withstand that. So, but as I'm falling and I enter this portal and I feel the heat, I'm hearing the yells, it's like it's just so overwhelming. And at this time, by the time I got to the bottom, I just knew. I was in hell and I knew I was going to hell. But once I passed the portal, all I remember is when I hit, I hit the bottom. I didn't feel anything when I first hit. So I don't, I, I'm, I'm trying to think, you know, I was asking, was it the Lord that softened the blow when I first hit? But when I, and I, and I raised my eyes, it felt like I haven't, uh, I had no strength. I felt like I hadn't eaten for like months. Um, I couldn't breathe. It was just, it was horrible. Just a feeling of just nothing. And then, but the only thing that kept coming to my mind was, and I know the Lord did this purposely, was thinking that everything that I took for granted, movement, a drink of water, 
you know, just to have the ability to move my arms just, just freely, the, the, the ability to breathe, all the things that we take for granted, it was going through my mind. I knew it came from God. I, I it just like, you know, and I knew I took it for granted. And there, first thing is I look over, see, it was dark, but I, I'm trying to, you know, wonder if the Lord was making me be able to see. But the flames itself were emitting so high from these pews, like these vents from the from the rocks. And that's another thing, too, I want to add. I don't want to move too fast, but one thing I do want to add. For somehow, for some reason, I knew I was still here on Earth. I still knew I wasn't in outer space somewhere. I wasn't under space. I was in a different dimension, but I was still on Earth. I, I knew that. I knew it's here on Earth. So the Lord is right. Hell is a place on Earth. The scriptures are right. It is here on Earth. It's just a different dimension. Um, so as I'm looking around and, and I, I'm just already, but I see when the, when the flames, they come up and then you can see the illumination from the flames. You can see. And the first thing I noticed were these demons, things, they're the most grotesque, smelliest, hard, Hollywood can't even get close to how these things look. Um, they're so deformed. Uh, they had legs and twisted arms, but they had a reptilian look, a reptile look to them. And their eyes were glowing yellow. Some of them eyes were red. Some of them were like 13 feet tall. Some of them were this big. They're everywhere. And it's just bugs. There's spiders. And there's just everything. But what really caught my attention was these pits everywhere. And, the, and this one demon glanced at me, and he started laughing. But down in the pits were just people. Okay. Um yeah, I mean, just people. But then I thought it was just one pit. But as you really look around and the, the flames illuminate all of the space around, there's, I would say, hundreds of thousands of pits. And then with, within each pit are thousands of people. Okay, And then around the pits, you have nothing but these grotesque demon reptil reptilian or reptile-like things making sure they don't crawl out. Uh, it was horrible. You have people who look like bone, I would say they look like bone. Some of them were bones with actually flesh hanging off, which is incomprehensible to some people to even imagine how, you know, uh, but the things that I saw and the tortures that I saw is that you you, you regenerate. So just say if your arm falls off, it'll grow right back so you can get tortured again. It's a place of pure torture, like torture. Hell is no, it's no relief. There's nothing. But as I'm looking at this one demon, he was about eight feet tall. He looked at me and laughed and then all I remember was these thousands of maggots, worms, and they're like thick. They're they're thick. They look they're thick as soda cans. Okay, they're not like regular maggots here in this dimension. They are thick and they're big, and they and they they start they started to chew at my feet. And then once it's once it was a few of them, when I looked down, there was hundreds of them. They start to make a mound around me, up to my knees of these maggot demonic maggots. I don't even know what to really how to explain it. Um. But that was the least of my worries because I felt getting a, a hand picked me up from the back of my head and it flung me and it flew. And now as I flew, okay, now remember, you have no energy. You have no, there's no nothing. Even just when I laid down, I couldn't get back up. But now I'm realizing, you know, uh, in, in hindsight that the Lord was with me because um, a lot of these, these demons, they wanted to attack me. They wanted to rip me apart. And I can just feel the hatred, the hatred that they have for mankind, the hatred that they have for us. It is beyond anything. It is beyond. And you can feel it's ancient and you can feel it is powerful. It is power in their hate. It is so powerful. Um, 
Yeah. All right, one second. Okay. Because people don't understand that these demons feed off our depression. They feed off our anxiety. They feed off our aggression. They feed off our hate. They just feed off of us. So that's why they call us in the background. They don't have the power to make us do it, but they have the power to influence situations that make us do these things. And they feed off that. And that's one thing I've learned, uh, the hatred for us. That's why I love all mankind, because the hatred they have for us, it would make you love all mankind and stick together against these beings. Really, we have, you know, all the visions that are caused are just an illusions, you know. But um, but yeah, that's that's one thing. That's that's what I learned from that. But as I was laying on the ground, I'm sorry, I just had to just reiterate that point. But as I'm laying and I can't get up. And the thing is, in reality, I wasn't breathing because there's no oxygen down there. I think it was it was more mental, psychological because I was so used to being in the physical. So I'm trying to trying to breathe and I'm realizing. So I'm barely standing up. And that's when I, I, I think the Lord showed me it was the whole hell of this section because hell has sections. I'm going to explain that soon. Has many sections. It was illuminated for me where I can just see everything. And when I tell you the tortures, the the wow. I mean, it is beyond the stretch of your imagination. Um, and people say, you know. Why would God let that happen to us? Why did God send you there? Why did they blame God? But they never blamed the enemy for anything when they were here on this earth. Um, but one thing that I noticed when you're in hell and when you're internally in the spirit body, you can look at a person inside hell and you know why they're there. You instantaneously know, you, you know why that person is there. I've seen people there for unforgiveness. I've seen people there who thought they were the, 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 the best in the church, saying, why did you do this to me? I've seen pastors there. I've seen even some teen, preteens in hell. I've seen a lot of people who think they're doing the right thing, but they're, no. Uh, like, for example, the first lady who I saw getting tortured individually, not the people in the pits, they were, there were two demons, and they were laughing, these reptile things, and they had her mouth, and they stretched her mouth so far back, like to rip her jaws open, and they were pouring lava down her throat. And sticking her throat with spears and just like these old ancient looking rusty daggers. And they were getting a kick and she, it was horrible. But then the, the fact is she turned the bone, she was breaking up and then she would rejuvenate and they would do it all over again and over again and over. And they were taking turns. They were inviting other demonic spirits. They were laughing. They were having fun torturing this lady. And when I looked and I, I really knew I, 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 this has to be the Lord. I already knew why she was there. She was there because not only was she a gossiper, she was gossiping about people. She got many people life turned because of her tongue and she was an alcoholic. And I'm starting to, it, it, there was a, a theme in hell. I started to notice because people commit a lot of sale, uh, 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 sins on a wide spectrum. But the one that sticks out the most is the one that that's going to rectify that you're going to get inside hell. So let's say, you know, a person who is promiscuous and that that's another one. I'm going to keep it not explicit, but I saw a young lady in, in, in hell, um, there were demons literally taking turns having sex with this woman. And when I say it's not regular sexual intercourse, it was beyond mine. I mean, I, I can't say too much to describe, but all I can say is that she was very promiscuous when she was here on this earth. And they were torturing her in ways that you can't even imagine. So, yeah, I, I was just saying the biggest sins that I started to know, I started noticing that pattern. The biggest sins that you have, because like I said, everybody sins on different spectrums and think it's nothing. 
It doesn't no, everything counts. Everything counts. And it's not God, our father up there taking a list of you. And also says in the Bible that the flesh will testify against itself. So people that is real. Your flesh testifies against you. Your flesh you desires. That's why he always tells us to get away from pleasing our own flesh. Because we're going to put ourselves there. The Lord cries. The Lord heart aches for us. Every one of us that go to hell. He does not want that. He does not want that for us at all. It really tears him apart to see us in that predicament. But um, it's back to the tortures, unfortunately. That was only one section. And I thought, and that, that's mind blowing. That was only one section with the pits. So I thought that, no, no, no. And I think the Lord was with me. I don't know if anybody ever had a dream before where you couldn't see the person's face, but you know somebody was there standing with you. I know the Lord was with me, but I never saw him. But I knew he was the one directing me and protecting me because these things wanted to eat me and tear me apart. But the second thing I remember is another section of hell. And that's another thing. When you move in hell, there's no really walking around when he's showing you. It's like you instantaneous. It's like teleportation. When I teleported to this other part of hell, okay, I saw these cells. Okay. And I grew up in skyscrapers, uptown Chicago. Grew up on the 16th floor and uh these things were taller than that. These things had to be 50 stories tall, and there was a row of them. All the way, is your, your eyes can see, looking up. And they open old bar cells, and there are people in them. There are people in them. Some of them look like skeletons. Some of them were just burned, like, to a crisp. And they're cursing God, and they were just very angry, very angry to be there. There was no repentance. There was no asking for another chance. Those are the ones who were just very angry at and our Lord, they were very angry. Some of them even started looking like almost a reptilian look because of the hatred coming out of them. And also, I noticed some of them been there for thousands of years. See, that's the thing. Uh, people don't understand. Time doesn't exist in eternity. It doesn't. The clock stops. And I realized that. I saw people there who were there 2,000 years, 4,000. And just, you just know the ancientness of it. I saw all different languages. All di It doesn't discriminate. The devil doesn't discriminate at all. The whole end point is to get you there. That's it. So all of this, while we're, we're messing around with racism, we're messing around with judging others of, of economic status, which is just an illusion, by the way. It's about spiritual currency. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's an illusion and it's a trap to get us there. And when I saw those cells, that's when things started to awaken to me. I saw mostly those who, those who were in their cells were people who dabbled in witchcraft. Those who dabbled in Santeria. Those who dabbled in all kind of tarot cards, those who wanted to know the future in astrology, I, I just know. Like I told you, once you go there, you know. You can just look at a person and you know while they're there. Um, and mostly I, I saw there was a thing to those people in those cells. And those are the people who worship other gods or the doctrines of demons, what they call also in the scriptures. Um, and, and what's so terrifying about that is that here, because I I have my brush with Santeria, um, unfortunately, growing up and. They promise you everything materialistically. But what they don't tell you is once you worship these, you know, these uh, demons now that I know they are, I didn't know that before. Uh, they make it seem like they're, they're positive. They're good. They're here to help mankind. The nine principalities and they give you all the wealth you want. You do these rituals and stuff, but you don't realize you owe them. And what you owe them is beyond this earth. You're going to have a spot. They have a spot waiting for you. It reminds me of people who say, well, I didn't know the law. I didn't know. But if you go to court, you will still go to jail. Ignorance is not a way out of it, um, you all. So I'm just telling you, watch what you do. Watch what you confer because um, psychics and all of these mediums and things of that nature, of course they're going to tell you things that are right on purpose because they call it familiar spirits. 
which I saw them ascending and descending from hell. But that's, I will get to that too. But just be careful, you all, playing with witchcraft, any astrology, any things of that nature, because they have a place just in hell for you. And also the Lord told me that this place grows every day. Actually, it's growing by the second. It's like the, hell is alive. It is a place that it, it is a dimension that is alive. You can even feel it. The, the, the ground of hell, it moves in waves. It's like a, it's a, it's like a wave. You can feel it under your feet. It's as, as if, you know, it's like kind of like breathing, but I wouldn't consider it breathing. But it just had a, a component the same way the darkness has. It was a lie. It is a lie. That place is a lie. But as I'm looking at the cells, all of a sudden, I feel the, again, now this time I'm standing on the cliff. And I'm looking down, and it looks like a gray area. And it's like um, dead trees. You know, it, it, it's just like a, a abandoned forest, a dead forest. But it had a path on it. And on the path, there was a people, uh, it was, as far as I can see, they were all chained together. They were all chained up, and they looked like pure skeletons. They had None of them had flesh on them at all. None of them, and they were all chained together. But then as you look farther ahead to where they were going, it was gates. And it was a wall that was so high, and the gates were so high that it, it was, I couldn't understand. But then I felt something, look again. I looked. Those were the gates of hell. So the place that I thought was already hell wasn't even the beginning. It wasn't even the beginning. See, I don't want to, people to understand. And that was just the intro. I thought I was in hell already. But no, 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 no. The gates of hell. And people were marching in chains. So it's like they were going through. The, the, the place that I was at was before hell. But then it was something so more extreme at the gate once you hit the real dimension in the gates of hell. Um, now that... I was already terrified beyond being terrified, okay? There's nothing on this earth that can even calibrate your mind of the fear that you already feel. Because even when I was there, I'm, I'm going to remind people, here on earth, okay, you can be going through the toughest situations, whether if you're in a hospital, whether if you're in incarceration, um, but you always have people to communicate with. You always have fellowship. In that dimension, you can be right next to a person and there is no communication because that fellowship comes from God. Just to be able to communicate with someone, just to be able to talk, just to be able to have that 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 camaraderie, that bond, that comes from God. So that is stripped away from you. You, you, you there's no talking to anyone. There's none of those things. So I think I was in pre-hell, but it strips you and gets you so afraid to go to the real experience. And I thought that was the real experience. Okay. Um, and the the chain of people, it was so long and so long. And as I looked, kept getting longer, growing, growing. And I remember as I looked around, there were other people standing on the cliff with me. I didn't even pay attention, but they were along the edge, right end to my left, that circled the cliff. And you heard the people, they, the skeletons they were looking back, telling us, do not come. They were screaming, like some of them recognized their family members. Some of them recognized certain people, and they were telling them, get out of here. Do not come here. Please don't come. Don't come. And I heard things from different languages. I heard stuff in Arabic because I know Arabic, I know Spanish. And I was hearing different and from all cultures, I promise. And they were telling everybody, don't come here. Don't come here. But the fact is, in my mind, I think the Lord put in my heart and said, it's not our choice no more. It's not up to us. He gave that time is over with. That's why we need to make use of our time. That's why I tell everyone who I talk to and I even recommend, I call it the time challenge. OK, 
Okay. All you do is take a sheet of paper and you put world on it and you put God on it. Then each day you ask yourself, but this is, this is for your own personal use only. You don't have to show no one else. Who had more of your time today? Was it God or was it the world? And at the end of each week, you see who won your time. That'll put a better perspective of, of where you're spending your time and who you're spending your time with. You know, uh, I learned so many things. I learned more things in hell. Then it brought me closer to God than anything I learned on this earth. So I'm glad he gave me the opportunity and brought me out of that. Now, the fortunate part was I made it up to the gates of hell, but he snatched me away. He didn't let me go past. But one thing I can tell you, it is a real, real, real place. It is, it is beyond the descriptive imagination that I, I, I'm just telling you. And I thought the part that I was in was hell. And that was hell. Trust me, it was. it's nothing like it. But this even getting worse? I, I, I can't even fathom that. So you all, every day, every moment, eternity is on the other side of each moment. I want people to pay attention to this. Every moment, eternity is on the next side. Um, unfortunately, I just lost another friend. Um, we lose a lot of people monthly. Um, what we do, spiritual warfare, we lose a lot of people. And they always have plans for the They always have plans to change. And I keep telling people, God is not a diet. He's not a diet. You know, people, what I mean by that, you know, how people say, well, I'm going to start eating right next week. I'm going to start next Monday. I'm going to start my diet. And a lot of people do that with God. Well, I'm just going to do this this week. And then next week, I'm going to start following the Lord and start getting it right. Well, you're not promised five seconds. So how can you do that? Eternity is waiting for you on each second, each moment. And when I tell you hell and the spiritual life is more real than this life. The sensations of field, all your sensations, all everything is magnified times a million. It is more realistic than this. So I just want people to take it beyond serious. I need people not to just put God first, put them in the center of your life, in the center of everything that you're doing. Because hell is waiting for you. And the whole point, and I, a lot of things that I learned when I was in hell, when I was telling you about the, the familiar spirits and a lot of the spirits and a lot of the giants, there's so many giants there. There's so many different the, or, hell is highly organized, you all. Hell is organized to a T. They have soldiers for everything. Even, I mean, every every addiction, there's a, there's a ranking in the army for that. Lustful, there's a ranking in the army for lust. There's, I mean, everything, hatred, gossip is organized. And a lot of these things we think is us, but it's really not. But we get attacked and influenced by these things is because we don't have the protection of the Holy Spirit. And when I was in hell, I clearly learned. I saw these familiar, they call familiar spirits. They come from hell, and you can see them descending, and you know where they're going. They turn to it like a mist. They go back and forth, back and forth, because they're reporting. Monitoring spirits as well. They go, they're going all over the place. They go back and forth. They call familiar spirits because everyone, when you're born, you're sent an agent, a spirit, a demon, who monitors you, who watches you, who knows your every move, who knows your, 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 your diet, knows your likes, your dislikes. Your comfort, your discomfort, know everything about you. It's kind of like data mining, what the government does. And what happens is, if you have a psychic, that's what they call mediums, okay? They don't know nothing about you, but what happens is their demon or familiar spirit is communicating with the other person's familiar spirit. So it makes it seem like the medium or the psychic knows about you, but there's nothing but two demons communicating with each other, telling the medium about you. It's all a trap. It's all a trap. That's why you test every spirit, test everything, 
because I saw in hell, like I, I'm telling you, these, these things are, are everywhere and constantly, it's so fast. They're constantly so back and forth, back and forth, sending messages and they report, they have leaders, they have captains, they have generals that they report to. And the Lord showed me all of these things. And people, one thing too, do not get comfortable in any situation. What I mean by that, you need to start getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. I know uh, uh, every day is a fight for me, every day. Because after I had my first experience, when I came back to, thank the Lord, he, he brought me back after I seen the gates of hell. And I stood at the gates of hell. I was right there and I knew I was going. And the scariest part was, I knew it. I was supposed to be there. That's, a, that's got me emotional right now. I knew I deserved it. I knew that I, I had no excuse. I had no rebuttal. If I was to you know, go to the judgment seat in front of God, I had nothing. All right, I got to accept this because I had no rebuttal for the way I was living my life. I knew I deserved it. And that's the scariest part because you know you're supposed to be there. You know it. But his mercy and his grace, as I'm looking, I thought I was going to see, like, remember, I was telling you about the teleportation from being on a cliff instantly to being in front of the gates of hell. And all I saw, it looked like ancient castles, thousands, thousands of miles, thousands of castles. And the, the, I thought I was scared before. When you pass through the gates, you know it's done. And I already thought that feeling. I already had that feeling, and I would call it pre-hell, so to say. But once you pass those gates, it's done. The sentence is done. You're done. You know, as I'm about to approach the gate, and I just knew, it's like, I just, okay, there's nothing I can say, nothing I can do. I deserve this. All of a sudden, the same way how I came, I heard the same, I felt like an instant thing. It was so powerful that pulled me. But for, the, for like I say, it's no time there, so it's hard to explain. I was going to say for a split second, it just felt so peaceful. I can't even, I felt a love and a peace that is beyond comprehension, the same way that fear was beyond comprehension, but it was the other side of the spectrum. It was just so caring and so, that's why I live the, my life the way I live it now, because I want that, I want to go back. Just for that little instant that I felt of the Lord that snatched me out, just even his presence, even him, he just being around you, even if he just touched you, the love on his tip of his finger is more love in the whole, than the whole world has. That's how the power, as he snatched me up, I'm instantly, and I just felt, I'm, and I heard a ringing. It's just loud, but it shook my whole heart. And I'm back, slammed back into my body. And I'm in a hospital, in a hospital bed. And you know what it felt like? I felt disgusting. I felt horrible. I felt like if, if you was to put on a lot of clothes, heavy clothes, and just get them wet, I felt like I knew I was wearing my body. I literally was wearing this. And I, I know that he should be that to know that be of this life. Be, we're in the world, but don't be of it. We're in this body, but this body. This body is a vehicle for you to learn things and get closer to him. But that's all it is. It's just a vehicle, you all. But the enemy has made it. So we put everything inside in, in, in our, our, our worth, our time, everything to satisfy the flesh, this vehicle. Instead of satisfying the real you, the real spirit you. But as I was in, you know, entered my body, I felt disgusting. I felt horrible. And it took me weeks to shake this feeling off. I mean, I felt disgusting. I was like, where did they get the term of flesh bag? I do believe 
whoever coined that must have had a similar experience because that's what it a flashback, you know, until I got acclimated again back into my body. But it's it just, um, and it took a long time for me to, to really get to what happened to me. I even developed a PTSD, you know, over, over the experience. It took the Lord for me because hell is so scary. It is so real, literally. It almost drove me backwards. Instead, of the, the, the Lord had grace upon me to even show me and to take me out of that. But the, the, it was so horrendous. There's a lot of things that I want to describe about hell that I saw, but it would be totally, uh, I don't even know how to word it. It'd be very inappropriate for the language that I would have to use to be able to describe it. All I want people to know is that whatever you're doing, whatever you're doing, whatever you maximize, that's the sin, that's the opposite. That's what you're going to experience over and over and over and over. And I thought that was it. Obviously, they're just getting prepped to go through the real gates of hell. So I haven't had that experience to go through those gates but pre-hell to me is beyond anything that I can even, and that's why I coined it, pre-hell. And I thought that was it because that, that torture and that, that, that torture and that realm is so beyond, it is beyond. Like I can't even describe it, like I say in words, but it's so horrific. No, so I can imagine when you're going to the permanent, your permanent spot, real hell, the permanent hell, may I say, instead of pre-hell. But you all, everything that you do, like I said, the father's not up there taking account. He's not up there taking t- You do it to yourself. Because, well, like I was telling this gentleman last week, actually, that God is not taking tabs on you. Because, first of all, God, he lives in you. He lives in all of us. Okay? So when you're doing these things, he's there with you. He's there with you. There's no escaping it. There's no hiding. That's why he always puts on my heart, who are you when no one's around? Who are you when no one's looking or listening? Who are you? Are you deceptive? Are you, are, you, are you a kind person when you're by yourself, just like you are when you're in front of people? See, he wants people to be authentic. All of, the, you know, all of this stuff, just because you're showing off in front of people, you're very nice, but behind the scenes, you're greedy, you're lustful, you're, you're, you're judging people in your mind. But in public, you're a volunteer, you're great at your church, you donate, you're in the choir, you're a deacon, everybody thinks you're great. No, that really doesn't count. It counts if you're authentic. If you're doing it for the sincerity of pleasing the Lord, not yourself, not your self-gratification, not your self-credentials, not just to look good in front of your community or the world. It's about being authentic because he also put them. There are people who've been negative and evil their whole life, but they have one sincere prayer. They were so authentically and they authentically crave him. Slave clean. I mean, literally, because they were authentically wanted to be with him. They authentically apologize. They authentically wanted to repent. That's why I tell you people, he's not the, the, the Lord everybody thinks he's been painted to be. He is full of love, but he is very stern. He is very stern. Me and my wife were just talking about this. I, you know, uh, a lot of these churches these days, unfortunately, have painted him to be a very soft, demasculated, you know, it's just all love, all everything is just everything is forgiven. But people fail to realize you need to read the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 26, where it clearly states that if you have the knowledge thereof and you repeat the same sins, there is no sacrifice that can save you from your sins. So there is no such thing as you can do what you want to do and pray about it and think you can just pray and then keep doing what you're doing. No, no, no. I think people need to take the scripture seriously. Not only, you know, because I'm a pastor myself, but stop depending on your pastors 
and have your own personal relationship. Take time to read the scriptures yourself. Take the time to start spending time with him, with him alone to build a personal relationship because you don't want to be that guy or a woman to go in front of him. And what do you say? I don't know you. You workers of iniquity, move around. I don't know you. He's very stern. He, he, he's not, especially when he returns. He puts it on my heart every day. When he returns, it's not going to be what you think it's going to be. It's not going to be everybody's clapping and kumbaya. No, when he returns, it's about business and his father's business. He is not playing with no one. So you, you all, it, this is not to scare you, but sometimes the truth, it, it, you know, that's what's wrong with us in our society, especially here in the Western Hemisphere. We want to be pampered. We want the truth according to the way we wanted to hear it. What did Timothy say? What do you, what do you say? The tickling of our ears? We just, want, we just want what we want to hear. And that's, that's, not, that's not the case. You know, and it's tough love. And that's where he, he shows us. So I just need everybody to take every story that you hear on this channel with, 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 with truth. Don't take it with a grain of salt and just let it get you fired up for a day or two and then you lose the spirit. I know many of those people because I was one of them. I actually had this experience and then had the nerve to lose the flame for a while. Mm. You know, so no, 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 no. That's what the enemy wants because their whole goal is to get you to hell. Their whole goal is to get your attention away. In the moment that you're dying, you're not dying in a godly manner. That's the whole thing. It's a, it's a system and it's a strategy. Because just say, for example, if you do go meet the Lord, he said, okay, you spent 120,000 hours playing video games, right? You spent 100,000 hours watching football or basketball, and you, you listen to music for 200,000 hours, but you only spend 14 hours looking for me? Authentically? What could you say behind that? Nothing. Just like I didn't have an argument when I was going, when I was in hell. I, could, I had no argument. There is no argument. We waste our time on fruitless things. And hell is waiting behind each. He just waiting, just loving it. When you're sitting around watching the game, there's nothing wrong because the Lord wants us to relax. At the relaxation time is more your, with your time with him. That's a problem. That's a problem. That's, that's a huge problem. And I just tell it how it is. And that's, that's what I do. That's what he commissioned me to do. And that's what I do. I'm not going to sugarcoat for people. They're in their time. And then the first thing they do when they're in trouble, guess who they call out for? You notice that? God. I know people all the time, they don't believe in them. But they say, hey, uh, Pastor Dominic, could you pray for me? I got to go to court. Well, could you pray for me because I'm sick? But all this I've been trying to get you when things were going well, you don't want to have nothing to do with our Lord. But as soon as you're in trouble, you want to, now you want to, oh, okay. See, God is not to be mocked. If we want to take that, why do you think the creator would take that? If we think we should use, right? Because I wouldn't stand for that. If the only time my wife called me is when she needs something. Don't want to spend no time with me. But only time when I hear from her is if she needed something. I wouldn't go for that. You wouldn't go for that. So why do we think our Lord and our Godfather would go for that? Only time we want to, now we want to believe in him is when we need something or when we're in trouble. Yeah. See, all of this stuff comes into account. All of this stuff will add you to your journey to hell. And, and the main goal is to make sure that you believe, like I did, what I thought is hell is a fairy tale. They want you to believe it's a joke. They want you to believe Christianity. Oh, they're just a bunch of crazy hypocrites and they're making up stuff. You. Please, I urge you, always live with a sense of urgency. Hell is real. 
hell is real. I don't want you to find out because I was, you know, he had enough grace and salvation on me to deliver me out. But I don't want people to find out what if you don't get that grace and salvation, you're stuck. And there's no coming out of it. There's no coming out. Once he leaves you, you're, you're there. So I need people to take this seriously. I need people to take your channel and what you're doing very seriously. I can already know that God definitely has his hand on what you're doing, on what you're doing. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't come on here. Just like you have discernment, you can feel who's really working for him or who's not because the time is short. That's time right. Short. You know, so I appreciate you and your husband for what you all are doing. And um, just please, I just encourage everyone, why I'm on here is not a joke. It is not a joke. Hell is real. When I tell you it is real, I still, you know, uh, uh, have certain times where I can smell sulfur well, I hear certain sounds and it defies me. It really does. The, it, you know, I can never get over that. And I'm trying, I'm getting better and better each day, but that was the most horrific experience. And I wouldn't wish that on no one, no one. Like I said, there's so many much more parts that I would like to discuss about it, but there's no way I, it, it wouldn't be appropriate to put the tortures and the things that I actually, I mean, in detail, what I saw, the torture, the suffering, the regrets, and that's the most thing I heard when I was down there. I say down because that's where I felt, the, the regrets. The people asking the Lord, five minutes, one more chance. I heard that more than anything. I heard that more than the, than the blasphemous things people were yelling at. Please, one more chance. Or let me make it up to them. That's a lot of numbers I heard. They, they wanted to make it up to people for what they've done. You know, I mean, regret, regret. And I, and it's funny. I was just going to say real quick, uh, as you're saying this, I know this is the Holy Spirit because I was the word regret, regret started coming to my head and I was just about to say it and you said it. So that's the, the theme is we, we don't want to have regrets when we're on our deathbed or on our life. We're, we're not going to regret what we're going to regret yeah. is that we didn't know the Lord, that we didn't seek him like the time challenge. Where, where did we spend our yeah. time? Yeah. And this is an urgent message and yes. I know that this is the Holy spirit speaking through you. Well, I'm just honored to be a vessel. Um, like I say, out of all the people, I'm just glad to be chosen that he's using me as a vessel. I take no credit at all. I never take any credit because without the Lord, I am nothing. Mm -hmm. I would not have a life. I wouldn't have a thought. I wouldn't have a, a God loving, God fearing wife. I wouldn't have a beautiful children. I wouldn't even have discernment. I wouldn't have uh, um, um, emotions to be able to feel. Um, so everything is due, due to the Lord in, the, in everything. And I want people to stop taking credit for stuff that don't belong to them. The arrogance, the arrogance of some people these days also would get you to hell. I'm just being explicitly honest. Arrogance is definitely gossiping you all. I saw more gossipers in hell than anything. And people think it's just an innocent thing, but people don't realize how life damaging and life draining gossiping is. It is. Our focus needs to be on the Lord and Lord only. Yes. Um, yes. One, one thing I want to kind of bring back is you were sure. in the hospital. You said you had PTSD. Yes. Now, Dominic, you, you were shot, right? Yes. When you, when you went mm -hmm. to, and you woke, woke up in the hospital. Yes. Um, tell us a little bit about, did you have a relationship with Jesus? You, you loved him, but you didn't know him prior. You were still in yes. the gang. Where were, yes. what was your Thank faith? Thank you for mentioning that. I, I, I wanted to say something about that. Um, I had an idea of loving Jesus, but I really didn't know him. And that's why I want to explain to people. Everyone loves God. No, you don't. You love the idea of God. 
you don't have a personal relationship. So at one point, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I thought I loved our Lord Jesus Christ. I knew a lot about him. I, I thought I loved him, but I didn't. I honestly didn't. Now that I have a real personal relationship, now I know that I love him. Now I can see the complete difference. I love the idea of him, but not really loved him. Now I love him because I really have a personal relationship. So I just want people to also do self-inventory on that. Check, do you love the idea of the Lord or do you really love the Lord? Because there's a big difference. So I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm very glad that you mentioned And I think that goes back to your fruit. What is the fruit? Your fruit yes. shows the relationship yes. with the Lord. Yes, yes. Right now, uh, so, every day, um, you know, and, and that's, I want people to know this, okay? Um, just some words of encouragement. Because it, it, it gets harder. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, when you. When you follow the Lord, this life is hard because we are enemy territory. Even the Lord said itself in the book of Matthew, what did he say? The God of this world, the small G-O-D, of course, is Lucifer. And the more that you get an authentic relationship with him, the more harder life gets, the more curveballs come toward you. But it makes me go further. It makes me go on. You know, that's why it's good to surround yourself with God-loving people, mm-hmm. with people who will encourage you in times of need. That's why I'm thankful for my wife. Whenever I'm spiritually being attacked or down, she gives me energy and encouragement. So I encourage you all to surround yourselves with godly people. And, and you all, this is so real. Please don't give up because he will make it to the point where you will want to give up. You, you will want to just throw in the towel. But I want you to remember these testimonies. I want you to remember what's waiting for you. I want you, if you forget, I want you to go back to the channel and watch again, watch all the testimonies on her channel and, and, and just reawake to know that if you give up, you're going to receive your portion. You know, it's about having strength and, and persevering. But it's all an illusion. This is all temporary. You know, the stuff don't yeah, last. That's a good encouragement you to keep going, to keep, because the devil's not going to mess with you if you aren't doing anything, if you're lukewarm. Oh, you know, we say that all the time. And people are getting blessings. And they blame, they say, our father God. Well, I say, which God gave you that car? Which God gave you that house? Because um, our father is not in the habit of just giving up things like this, the price is right. He gives you a new mind, gives you new hearts, new focus, new, new, new intellect, new goals eternal goals instead of temporary goals. So, and like you were right, the devil, he, uh, he definitely doesn't mess with you. Why, 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 you know, fix something that isn't broke. So a lot of people who are just living the lavish life, they have no problems. They'll tell you all, all day, oh, everything is always going well. I have no issues. I'm sure you don't because you serve your, <laughs> but the thing, you're going to have a big problem. When it's all said and done, you're going to have a huge problem. So we might as well get the hard part with over now and spend eternity with no worries, then have all the problems of now and spend eternity with worries. You know, that's how, that's, that's my philosophy. And I feel like as you get closer to the Lord, you hear from him or you establish that relationship, the treasures, like the things of the world become dimmer and you're just like, I want treasures in heaven, you know? Yes. And that's, that's what, you know, it, it, it's all about. Um, the Lord said it, but he gave us all, the instructions. He gave us all the instructions. What did he say? Don't worry about you building your treasures up on here with the moths and everything and thieves can steal and your stuff rust. Well, he said, build up your treasures in the kingdom of heaven. Right? That's, I mean, and he keeps it plain, but we as humans always overcomplicate things. We try to be too intellectual sometimes and then we end up dumbing it down. It's so simple. Life is so easy that it's hard. Literally. 
And that's what the, the Lord, he so plain to you. That's why he always spoke in parables. So everybody, no matter what level that you were on, that you will get it. He made everything simple. So we don't need to complicate nothing. If he says, don't touch the stove because it's going to burn you, don't touch the stove because it's going to burn you. Don't make a metaphorical meaning out of it that doesn't compare, you know what I mean? That doesn't apply. And that's what we do all the time. And that's what actually demonic forces do. They make them so smart that when you become actually dumb. Um, I'm not trying to, you know, judge people, but I have to tell the truth. I call them intellectual parrots. I meet many people who know the scriptures in and out. They sound very educational. They sound powerful, but yet I don't feel the Holy Spirit. They don't exhibit it. They know the fruit. They know they know verses. They, but then that reminds me that demons also know the Bible. They can say it back. They say it backwards. You know, so people yeah. watch out. That's why it's so important to have that relationship and have discernment because you have many people these days. And you even said in the last days, which we're in, by the way, that's not even an argument. I don't even yeah. debate with people on that. We are in the last days. You don't have to argue about yeah. it. You know, just do your job, deliver your message and leave. Like I was saying, metaphors, speaking of metaphors, I had a metaphor the other day. I was talking about like the UPS man, for example, or a FedEx driver. Their job is just to deliver the package, make sure it's to the customer, and they leave. They're not responsible for how you open it, what you do after you receive it. Only our job is to be messengers to deliver that package. So I'm delivering the message, and I hope I hope it's, it's well received, and I hope that you use what's in the side of the package, you know, to benefit where you're going in eternity. Because there's only two places. And, you know, sometimes it looks like it's a tough package, but it's full of love if you can just have eyes to see and ears to hear. Yes. Right. You know so. Yeah, you're right. And um, um, real quick, uh, I just wanted to say that when God gives you an upgrade, it always comes in a form of trauma or a crisis. OK, you mm-hmm. learn stuff in good times, sure enough. But your real wisdom and elevation goes when you go through something tough. So God packages always look like a crisis on the outside. But when you unwrap it, you automatically level up. I can testify. Amen. Yes. Dominic, you are amazing. I'm so blessed to have heard from you and your story and your, yes. And I want to know, um, well, you, you, did you write a book about your experience? Yes, I have some, um, I have two books. One is on Amazon. It's called the toughest enemy you have in life is you. And my second book is really, I touch into it. It's called the passport to eternity and get it in Barnes and Noble. And I'm almost done with my third book will also be at Barnes and Noble. It's called Spiritual Currency. That's what I really, uh, it'll be out probably within two months, God willing here. Um, I'm almost done wrapping it up, but that's where the whole experience is. So all three of them will have, the first two have bits and pieces, but Spiritual Currency will have in more detail um, about my hell experience, the stuff that I actually can't, you know, say. I don't want to offend any audiences and have any, you know, language, but in my book, I will have the thorough Thorough details. Spiritual currency coming out, Barnes and Noble, but my books, you can look them up. And um, yeah, I appreciate it. And also, we're out here, you all. Um, we call the Narrow Path Society. Me and my wife created this. Um, we're spiritual warfare. We specialize in spiritual warfare to wake people up about the things that you can't see are realer than the things that you can. Um, you all, uh, we're a street ministry. We go everywhere. We, we're, we're out. We're based out of Minneapolis, started on the north side of Minneapolis um, here in Minnesota. And um, you all, it's a tough, tough, tough fight. But we need everyone's help. We need everyone's help. And most importantly, we need your help to stay bold and be confident. Don't be afraid to say you love the Lord. Don't, don't, don't be embarrassed. Because he also said he would be embarrassed to say he knows you when it's time to meet his father. So you all, keep that in mind. You know, we need everybody out here. 
Yes. I love what you and your wife are doing in this ministry. I will be keeping you guys in prayer. Thank you. And I will, I'll leave all of the links in the description where people sure. could follow you. And sure. uh, thank you. Thank you very much. And thank and then, you again, Dominic. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I, I appreciate you and your husband. I appreciate you all. Do you mind? I'm going to pray us out. Yes. Uh, Could you do that? I would love that. Yes. Sure. Sure. Dear Heavenly Father, we approach your throne always with a sense of gratitude, but today we are also approaching with a sense of urgency. I yes. ask anyone and everyone who is watching this to take this message of yours, not my message, your message, Lord, to heart, to change their whole being and experience. Lord, bolden everyone to make the choice to follow you because your doors of salvation are closing. Lord, get everyone who is watching this the discernment to be able to see the signs that you have given us because we're running out of time. Father, mm -hmm. forgive us all. But Father, I need you to embolden us with courage, the strength to reveal your name, no matter where we're at, no matter what platform, no matter what environment that we're in, that we represent you. Yes. Father, we ask you to minimize us and maximize you in us. So therefore, when people see us, they see you, not us no more. Father, we give our will over to you. And if there's viewers today who want to give their life over, Father, right, right now, just touch them. Let the Holy Spirit come through the screen and through this microphone to touch yes. their heart. Let the chills turn to things that have become real to manifest in their life so they can live out the purpose of eternity and not temporary things. We honor yes. you, not with just our words, but with our walk, with our mm -hmm. action. And Lord, I will, I will, please bless, bless this show. We thank you so much. We, we can um, feel the Holy Spirit. This is a great instrument, Lord. And continue to bless and bless everyone who will be on the show and who has been on the show. Yes. We love you so much and we honor you. And forgive yes. us when we fall short. Just pick us up. And just everybody in the world, we love you. All the things we thank you and your son, Yahshua, also known yes. as Jesus Christ, by way of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Woo.